Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern along, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Pastor, how you doing? I'm doing great, big, Mike. Big smile on your face. <laughs> I'm doing great. Glad, glad you could make it. Man, I'll tell you what, you're never 10 minutes early. You're normally about three minutes. Me shaking uh, my head. It's good to see you, Pastor. It's good to be here, Mike. Good to have Coach Grant with us. Well, you know, and before we get to him, I want to thank uh, the head coach at Butler. That sounds weird, <laughs> doesn't it? Laval Jordan. Look, he was so good in studio. And just a really good man, and it was so fun to to, to learn about him and and his background. And and when we asked him, you know, hey, do you have any other guys that you know you're friends with that might be a good fit for this show? He immediately, without hesitation, said Earl Grant. And I said, can you tell me a little bit more about him? And he said, look, he's a really good college basketball coach, and he's perfect for a show like this. And I said, as he left, I said, Coach, I hope you stay in Milwaukee a long time. He said, I think we will. 24 hours later, boom, gone. (laughs) (laughs) Off to Butler. And I'm telling you, that was a good decision for him. Butler Mm -hmm. Bulldogs, Mm -hmm. you know what? His home, exactly where I think him and his family wanted to be. Our special guest today, Colonial Athletic Association Coach of the Year. You, wow. We don't just get anybody yeah. on this show. <laughs> the right. head men's basketball coach at the College of Charleston, the mighty Cougars coach Earl Grant. Coach, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Yeah, you bet. Hey, coach, what is uh, what is Charleston, South Carolina like? I my boss here is from uh, he's from from North Carolina. I asked him a little bit about Charleston, South Carolina, and he just raved about that town. Yeah, you know, it's a neat city. Uh, obviously, it's a uh, very tropical-type place because of the being so close to the coastline and the palm trees and things of that nature. And, you know, actually, from my office, I can pretty much see the Atlantic Ocean uh, from my office. And so, you know, it's a hidden gem. Um, it's always rated one of the best cities in the world to visit, uh, one of the best places to go in, in terms of beauty of the campus. Uh, but just a very friendly place, a lot of good people, fantastic restaurants. Um, you know, so it's a really neat place. Hey, Coach Grant, this is uh, Pastor Ken. I, uh, I've i had opportunity to be in Charleston. I love it. Uh, my friend sent me down there uh, in February from Wisconsin. We were kind of looking forward to that, and it was 72 when we hit Charleston. 
and you were probably down there. It was only a couple, three years ago. And the next day we got up, it went, it went all the way down to nine degrees, killed all the tropical plants. I thought I brought all Wisconsin with You're me. You're never invited back. <laughs> so yeah, it can be it can be a little bipolar from time to time, but most times it's, yeah, it's pretty it, consistent. Yeah, it is. I don't know what happened that time, but I will tell you one thing: we ate at the what's it called, the Pink House. Is there a uh, was it the fleet fleet landing or was it the uh, it, was, it was a it was a pink house and I mean they had the best chicken fried chicken I've ever had in my life so wow. if you haven't if you wow. haven't found that pink house find it it <laughs> is a good place chicken fried chicken yeah well. chicken fried chicken man it was awesome where do you find that yeah, here in Wisconsin you find uh, you buy a Cracker Barrel. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I'm a connoisseur of chicken fried chicken, buddy. <laughs> hey, I, cheesecake doesn't have that. Yeah, no. no, they don't. They don't have that. Hey, coach, um, let's talk a little bit about your upbringing, where you uh, where you were raised, and 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 how you ended up uh, being the head coach of the College of Charleston. Um, where what uh, what city did you grow up in? Well, I grew up in Charleston. Uh, oh, you did. I was, bo- I was born and raised here, and uh, you know, I, I, I came up and when I was in high school. We had a really good player at my high school that signed on to play at the College of Charleston. His name was Anthony Johnson, and he came here and played for legendary coach uh, John Cress, uh, who was here for twenty years and, and really developed a great program, taking College of Charleston from the NAIA level to the. Uh, it was the TAC back then, but it was. That league is now the Atlantic Sun. Uh, they went from NAIA to that TAC league. That's now the Atlantic Sun. They really did a great job of uh, dominating that league. And then um, they went on to the Southern Conference uh, where they were rivals with Davison. Uh, and they one year swept that league 21-0. and and so, But Coach Crest was a guy that uh, he's a, a mentor of mine now. But I would work his basketball camps back in the late 90s. And that's really how... Um, the connection with me and the College of Charleston, obviously growing up here um, and then working Coach Crest camps. And, and it's where I met Greg Marshall uh, because when I was uh, growing up here, Greg Marshall was an assistant coach here at the College of Charleston. And, and so that's how I ended up working with him at Winthrop and Wichita State, um, you know, through that connection. But but grew up here and, um, you know, my first Division One coaching job was back here at uh, the Citadel, which is a military institute here in the city of Charleston. And then I went away for years and working at different universities, Winthrop and Wichita State and Clemson, and then was very fortunate to, you know, to get my first head coaching job back in my hometown. Well, you know that that song, You Can Come Home, right? And uh, uh, it's always a great story, I think, when, 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 when kid comes home to his hometown and does really good stuff. Coach, you went to Arby Stahl High School. Um, did you play multiple sports, or were you a basketball only guy? Yeah, I played. You know, I played a little bit of everything. I started out playing baseball, basketball, and football. And then, you know, um, obviously, baseball is one of those sports you can't continue to play by yourself. You can't go to the park and, you know, and count down three, two, one, and make a shot. Right. So I kind of gave up baseball, and I was still going back and forth with basketball and football and. You know, uh, and then my senior year, I, you know, I, I kind of played, I played both. I still was playing basketball and football. Um, after giving football up for my sophomore and junior year, I went back out my senior year and, and we actually came one game away from winning the state title uh, in football. And, um, you know, then obviously for basketball, I had some opportunities to go to college. 
So I stuck with that, and I was able to sign on. Uh, played a lot of small college ball, uh, two years at Spartanburg Methodist, which is a junior college, and then two years at Georgia College, which is a Division II school. It's actually where I started my coaching career uh, as a graduate assistant as well. Yeah, you had a lot of success at, at uh, Georgia College, mm-hmm. two consecutive uh, Peach Bell Conference championships, Elite Eight in the 2000 NCAA tournament. Did, did you know Coach at an early age that coaching basketball was something that, that uh, was going to be in your future? I had no idea at an early age. Um, you know, when I was in junior college, my sophomore year, I guess would be the first time that I really realized that, you know, coaching was something that I wanted to do because I was playing on the, the team at Spartanburg Methodist as a, uh, obviously freshman and sophomore year, but there were some guys on campus who tried to be a part of the team and would come out every year and try out for the team, and they would never make the team. They would get cut. And what I found was I ended up having an intramural team that I would – those guys who got cut, I would – put them on a team and we had an intramural team. So I would go to practice. We would practice for two and a half hours. We would work hard, do what we had to do. And then later that afternoon, I would get my intramural team and we would go play a game on campus. And so that year, uh, my sophomore year in college, coaching that intramural team made me realize that, you know, it's pretty neat to get a group of guys together and get them to work for a common cause, and you know, and just um, share, share with each other and try to help each other be better. So I think, that's the first time that it really, uh, you know, came into my heart that maybe coaching is something that I wanted to do. Um, and then working the camps, you know, working different camps at different universities, you would coach the young kids and I could kind of feel my passion for the station work and coaching the teams. And, and, uh, but I thought I wanted to do high school, never thought about college. I was convinced I wanted to do high school. And then, you know, I was very fortunate and very blessed to get division one opportunities. God opened a lot of doors for me that I wasn't even looking for. And uh, so I just was very fortunate at a young stage. Hey, Coach, that was a great opportunity at Wichita State. Uh, I've always kind of kept my eye on the on the Shockers because uh, my, my whole family, my dad, my mom, everybody grew up in Wichita. And so I spent a lot of time in Wichita and caught a few back in the early days of Wichita State, but uh, they had a big rivalry at that time with Tulsa University, but the, I think they're in separate conferences now, but uh, your time in Wichita was good? You know, it was great. I learned a lot. Uh, we had just left Winthrop University, and we had a great season. Uh, went 29-4. and Actually won at um, Marquette in a Pepsi Colt in a Pepsi Classic. Uh, we won the tournament at Marquette uh, and went 29-4 out last year at Winthrop, beat Notre Dame in the first round of the tournament, NCAA tournament, and, and we went to Wichita State, and all of a sudden we go 9-25. and <laughs> and that first Ooh, That's year, reality so, right there. Yeah, and so year two, you're talking about a humbling experience. In year two, we started out the year 6-12, and 0-7, and, and we had Creighton come into town, and they were – top 25 and I was like man you know, this this is very very it's gonna be tough I don't know if we're gonna win another game and, and you know I could it just was very hard to keep that program going but the one thing that I recognized when we were 6 and 12 0 and 7 was I looked around in the gym and it was a whiteout and it was 10,000 fans wow and I'm thinking to myself why why are they here to look at this and we won that game and needless to say we went on to go 17 and 17 that year 
and then the next year we went 25 and 10 and then you know it just kept going from there but uh very very uh unbelievable program um with rabbit fans and uh people who love basketball and 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 you know but it was good to go through that humbling experience there as an assistant because it's very similar to what we went we've gone through here at the college of charleston up until the same point you know trying to build a program and then finally you get to the point where you have some success so uh, I guess that you learned is it's good to be humbled first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Co- coach, last question before we get to your break. Um, don't you, as a basketball coach myself, isn't it, it's so difficult to teach kids how to win. You know, losing is really easy. It's an easy thing. You can lose, you know, every day of the week. But to, but to get a group of kids who are used to losing – to to get them over the hump and get them a taste of winning, and and when there's two minutes to go in the, in the game and you're down by three, for them not to go, oh, here we go again. Uh, did you find that to, to be a real a real challenge? Well, you know, early when I first got here um, in the in year one, yes. Uh, in year two, a little bit. I found that a little bit that it was hard to get those guys to believe and. And, and get over the hump because it gets to the point, especially if you lose consecutive close games, it gets to the point where it's late game and guys start believing. They start, uh, the doubt start to creep in and the fear of losing start to creep in. And so, uh, but you know, as you continue to grow with a group, I think, and you practice every day and you talk about core values and you take your mind off of the, the end result of winning and just put your mind, wrap your mind around the day to day process of, what does it take to win? What does it take to win? How do you go about it each and every day in practice? And and then the guys start building some confidence and some uh, get some hope about uh, the future. And you win a few close games, and then the tide can turn. So that's what's happened to us. You know, our players are starting to really believe that if we stay true to our core values, and, and we win off the court. You know, in the classroom, in the community, that it'll translate onto the court. And and that's kind of. I think if you can teach them how to win in the classroom and in the community and make good decisions and be good people, then it'll translate. So that's what that's what I've tried to do, and we're still trying to do it now. He is uh, the head basketball coach at, Car- at the College of Charleston. He is Earl Grant. Last year, twenty-five and ten overall. Twenty-five and ten made a, an appearance in the NIT, and uh, we'll talk to Coach Grant more on the other side of the break. We're going to talk to him a little bit about. His faith, his testimony, and, and how it's affected his life professionally and personally. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church, our special guest. He is the head men's basketball coach at the College of Charleston, the Mighty Cougars. He's also a Colonial Athletic Associate Coach of the Year. Uh, last year, and he's starting his fourth year at the College of Charleston. He is Coach Earl Grant. 
Um, Coach, in the second the second segment, we'd sure like to talk to uh, the, our guests a little bit about their walk and where it began and, and, and ask them to share their testimony with us. And then we've got some follow-up questions uh, after that. Can you talk a little bit about your faith and where it started? Yeah, you know, I think it started uh, just with my mom. You know, my mom was, uh, I had my mom and dad in the house growing up, but my mom did a great job of just really instilling in me at an early age uh, how important it was to serve people. And and she kept us in church. Uh, she kept us in the children's church. We were involved in the church. And so, you know, at a young age, I mean, I was in church every Sunday, and it was times that maybe I didn't want to go because we would be there all day. You know, in the Southern Baptist Church, you know, you go at 8 a.m., for uh, Bible study or Sunday school, and then you go to church, and then after church they want to eat a big buffet meal. And so we'd be in there from 8 to 3 o'clock. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and it was like a school day. So I really, at a young age, didn't realize how important it would be, this, uh, the seeds that were being planted at that age about your faith and trusting in God and, and actually, you know, learning how to pray, asking God to order your steps. Uh, and just a peace that comes from that, you know, uh, from knowing that there's a bigger purpose in this, you know, it ain't all about you and, and, uh, and just being, a, being, a, being able to serve people and, and, and being humble and, and, uh, understanding that, you know, reaping and sowing is real, you know, what you put in, what you get out. So I think this at a young age, her having me involved, uh, there was a lot of seeds that were planted in me and, you know, on my day to day, uh, walk now. Uh, as a coach, as a leader, as a father, as a husband, you know, um, it all comes back up. You know, it's hard to, you know, think about how my life would be as a husband, father, leader of the program or somebody that's, uh, you know, trying to help this community, uh, Charleston community. I, I don't know how I would be able to do it without the help uh, that I get from God and and him, uh, you know, ordering order my steps and, uh you know, and giving me encouragement every day. Yeah, so uh, I'm always thankful for those that had uh, godly parents and took them to church, and I, I I grew up in that environment, too. I was really thankful. And so uh, I came uh, at a time early in my life, Coach, that I put my trust in Christ, and I remember it was a Sunday night after church. Do you remember, uh, was it obviously then when you were young that you made that decision? You know, uh, I don't know if 100% for sure, there was a time when I was young that I could say that it was like a definite time that I made that decision. Mm-hmm. I think those seeds were planted in me, and then I think I went off. I think about it. I went off to college, and you know, my first year or two in college, I found myself not going to church, mm-hmm. and uh, and then eventually I found a church that was that was uh, good for me, and and and, and it, you find good quality men mentors, older guys that were feeding into my life. And, and I watched how I watched the joy they had. And I was trying to figure out why, why they, why they got so much joy. And, uh, and I think they inspired me, you know, to, to mm-hmm. want to be like them. And mm-hmm. so having good mentors, mm-hmm. uh, people to watch and follow, I think is, is one of the reasons, um, that that seed was planted in me. And, and I wanted to be like that. I wanted to have, I wanted to be filled with that same joy. And what you realize is, and I tell my players all the time, you know, I'm nothing without God. I mean, I just, I'm empty. 
without God, and I, you know, I'll be lost without God. So I kind of, I have to make sure that I go as much as I can each and every day and seek uh, for seek guidance and and uh, mm-hmm. and look for wisdom and, and read the Bible and do devotions and and then the thing that helps me is just again having good other good men like Lavelle Jordan, uh, you know Dale Clayton is one of my mentors. He's the guy that uh, him and a few other guys started Nations of Coaches, which is you know um, Coach Mo uh, athletes in action, you know down in Dayton, Ohio. You know these guys just fed into my life, and, you know, and um, and I think I think you got to have people around you feeding into you, and, and other other Christian coaches that are um, trying to build programs on a, and are having success and they understand that it ain't about them mm-hmm. and, you know, how important it is to uh, have a relationship with God and seek guidance each and every day. And so I think just having people mm-hmm. to, to uh, fellowship with helps, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we've had several coaches on that said uh, had had a little bit of similar testimony. They they were kind of drugged to church growing up, and then they they got away f- from from going to church, and then they they came in contact with someone who, as you were talking about, had just great joy, and they wanted to know, man, wh- where does that come from? And and right. usually it comes from that decision to put put my faith totally in tr- and my trust totally in Jesus Christ. You know, right. as my Savior, He's the only one who can save me. And, uh, and and you think of the love that God had for us and sending His Son to take on all that, all all that He did for us, take our sin, and and uh, so it's important. And I think that's awesome, Coach, that you had some guys there, like many others of our guests have had, that have invested and and shared with them that message. Even and, and those seeds were planted early on, and I'm grateful for moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas that that really do that with their kids. You know, it's interesting, um, Pastor and, and Coach, the more we do faith in the zone, the more it comes up that it's so important to have men that are willing to talk about and willing to get up on the mountaintop, as we say in this mm-hmm. on this show, because it's, it, it, it seems like younger guys, 20, 25, in that age, that are even 18, 19, that are, are, you know, are thinking about trying to get back in into church where their mom and grandmother had brought them to. And then when they walk into a church, if they can see, you know, older men that, that like, like Coach said, have joy and are willing to, to talk about their life with these guys, it, it's mm. just really important. And Pastor, you're the head of a of church. You you understand the importance of having good godly men in that church. Well, we we say it often: uh, as the men go, so goes our church, and uh, and and that's true. That's true in our nation. It's true in our communities. Um, you know, good good godly men, and we've gotten away. You know, obviously, our country's gotten away from the Lord. I mean. Yeah, the one guy I remember, Turner Gill, he's coaching at Liberty now. Correct. And uh, yeah. after Nebraska, I think, won the Division One championship one year, I mean, the first thing he said was, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the next thing you know, the mic was taken away. And yeah. that that's kind of why the whole Faith in the Zone program started. We wanted guys to be able to talk about about their Lord, about their Savior, and and not have the mic shut off. And so, you know, Coach, I'm thankful for for you coming on and sharing with us. I'm thankful for Mike setting all this up because I know it's a, a challenge each week because I don't think there's uh, very many programs like this uh, on air today. And so uh, we're grateful. 
And you know, yeah, Coach. Thank you, guys. Coach, when you talk about, is it Dale Clayton or Del Clayton from the nation? Dale Clayton. Dale, Dale Clayton. Yep, you know, nations uh, of of coaches. You know, guys like that that are planting seeds all over uh, the country and trying to help coaches with their walk. It, it's so important to have guys like that 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 are investing their time and investing their heart into coaches throughout the country. Uh, you know, we, can, we we need to pray for guys like that on a daily basis. No, absolutely. I mean, you got it for me and, and, and all other coaches and all other fathers and you know, guys, I mean, you got to have people that, that'll feed into you. And, and, you know, and I think that the hardest thing that you have to realize, and I have to talk to my staff about this all the time, is, you know, it's hard for us, it's hard to serve two masters. So <laughs> there's a certain way we try to go about our business each and every day and, and an example we try to set for our players. And so I try to tell my coaches, we got we to gotta be the example because, you know, I can't say on one hand I love the Lord and how good God has been to me and, and that I'm a trust in God and, and how important we got to understand that we can't control everything. But, you know, but if we can have some faith and trust in God, that's that's the most important thing. It's hard to do that and then go out there and run around like a maniac and cuss all the time and, and not be a good example. And so we try to, as hard as we push our guys, you know, I try to tell my staff to coach out of love and that way you know that's the fruit of the spirit i mean yeah. people mm-hmm. see it when they walk in the gym and you know we don't need to be cussing we don't need to be acting like lunatics because for me personally i would like for my wife or my kids or any one of my staff wife or kids if they if they had to walk through the gym for five minutes that they actually know the coaches that are on the floor it's the same people that they see at home yeah, that's and a so good we try to be a good example uh, for our players. And I know everybody can't do it that way, but that's just the way we try to do it here. You know, we've talked a lot about, Coach, on, on our program uh, with Mike on platform and how God uh, gives. Um, it's it's just awesome to see how God will give believers that are in, in the athletic world, whether they be coaches or players, platform. You know, to be able to, to, to share Jesus Christ with those they come in contact with, uh, because like Mike and I have talked about, I mean, people are searching, you know, for answers today. I mean, like, what what happens when I die? And right. and right. The, to see the, the opportunities and the platform God's given to you, and, you know, man, I tell you, you, you get around, and, and I know in, in our day, we have to have wisdom in how we talk to people. I mean, Christ even said that to his disciples. He said, you need to go out and be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. But yet, uh, you, with with how you just talked about how you want to coach and how you want to live, you, you don't want it to be hypocritical. You want it to be real on both sides. I mean that that makes people thirsty to want to know. Hey, what do you have that I don't have? And so I would, I would just encourage you. Yeah, keep pressing on for the king. That's a that's a great testimony, coach. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, keep doing that, and then play man to man defense. <laughs> make, <laughs> make sure you get on the line, up the line, play some D. Absolutely. Hey, coach. Last thing before we get to a break, we um. We had a Division three coach from Indiana. I've told this story a couple of times, but he uh, he talked about how easy it was for him to share his faith in the locker room. But once he got outside of the locker room, he really struggled in that church. He, mm-hmm. he took a class on how to be an evangelist. He read some books, and he read a book called uh, I'm Not a Fan. 
and he spent the extra three dollars and got one of those small those rubber bracelets that that you put on and on that it said i'm not a fan and he was right. walking through the grocery store and someone saw it and said who aren't you a fan of and he said i'm not a fan of jesus christ and the woman said what and he said i'm not a fan because fans sit on the sidelines i'm a follower can i tell you about it and he really? said all this time and energy and he'd spent, and all it took was a $3 bracelet for the Lord to open those do- those doors for him. And and I just love wow. that story. Any chance I get to tell other coaches that story, I do. Guys, we got to get to a break. Our special guest, he's a real good one. He is the head men's basketball coach, the College of Charleston. He is Earl Grant. And we'll continue our conversation with him on the other side. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan. More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. All this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, and my co-host is an upset co-host, Pastor Ken Kelton, <laughs> Brookside Baptist Church. The whole break, we're arguing zone or man-to-man. And you know what I love? is the coach of the year in the Colonial Athletic Association. He agreed co- with. He agreed he's with the me. coach of the year. He said, no, nah, man, I like playing man. My special guest is Earl Grant. Yeah, coach at Calvary Baptist. We had 67 kids in the whole school, seven boys on the basketball team. And our biggest kid was Pastor Ken's kid. He was 6'3". And we were supposed to teach that Syracuse kind of matchup where they, the Fords come way out. and Their Fords are all about 6'8 with the long windspan. <laughs> our kid, our, our three was about a 6'1 kid who'd never played basketball before. But yeah, it was good. Ken, you're giving me that look, Pastor. I, I see the look. I see. You know, Coach, uh, I coached all the Pastor Ken has four sons, and I yeah. coached them all. And I wow. see you have three boys, correct? Yeah, three boys. How old How old are they? Ten, nine, and six. Hey, Coach, enjoy every minute of it. Every minute. Every minute of it. It goes by so fast. I used to tell Kathy, she goes, uh, you know, the boys just love jumping on you and kind of hitting on you. And I go, honey, I call those black and blue love marks. I love them. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, did any uh, any of the boys like basketball? Are they basketball kids? Well, you know, yeah, they, they, they all love, they all, I don't know if they love basketball. You know, I'm in that mode of, my wife tells me I need to coach them more and coach them harder and i just tell i tell her all the time i just want to love them i want to be their dad yeah you know and so i hadn't really pushed it on them but um you know they go to all of our camps in the summer uh and my 10 and 9 year old are just getting to the point now where when i get home they're saying dad can we go outside and get a workout in Ooh. so yeah. we've been working out lately uh and it's just kind of started i wanted it to be initiated by them and not by me and so anytime they ask, I just drop whatever I'm doing, and we, we go right outside. And so they've been asking lately, and so uh, I like that. Um, and they're starting, to, they're starting to play one-on-one. You know, uh, my 10-year-old is very competitive. My 9-year-old is afraid to lose. And so sometimes he didn't want to play one-on-one with his older brother. But now it's starting to get heated. They're starting to go after each other. Uh, and I like that, you know. And, uh, and I told him, hey, look, you guys are fortunate 
when I was nine, I would have loved to have a 10-year-old brother. Yeah. When I was 10, I would have loved to have a nine-year-old brother. So make each other better. You hey, know? hey, Coach, um, one thing I'll tell you is they keep getting older. You might have to be the referee a few times because I would see the boys, you know, they'd play for Mike and whatever. But, man, you get them in the driveway against one another, I mean, that's a, that was a, another whole level. <laughs> Another level. Oh, it's another level. Kathy said, "You got to go out there and ref. They're getting in fights right hey, now." You know, Coach, when uh, when Trey, he's ten, when he's about to go to high school, you know, there's a high school here in the city of Milwaukee that I'm coaching. I can't recruit, but I can recommend and highly suggest you send him up here. We'll get him going. We'll get him right. going. Is he a point guard or big? Is he? A, what, is you know what? I think. I, you know, he don't pass it enough to be a point guard. He like he always talks about he always talks about how many points he make at camp. So I think he's a shooting guard. Okay, uh, that's all right. I we think, need I those. Think my second, yeah, I think my second boy Isaiah is more of a point guard. He likes to shoot the ball, and you know, he actually shoots it better than my ten year old, but he passes it more. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I think he's more of a point. Man, I love that. Like like Pastor said, um, I envy you. Because you've got some great things with with these kids, and and certainly any chance that you get to to, to spend time with them, take it because it goes by so quick. Our, our sons both all played uh, Division three college athletics, and um, my son Matthew went to Maranatha Baptist Bible College here in Wisconsin, and I remember the day his senior year, the last game that he played. If they won, they got to go to the nationals. They lost, and it it just ends quickly, abruptly, and painfully. And wow. that was my, I mean, I coached him in high school, then I went and watched him. In fact, Coach, uh, my wife and I never sat next to each other for one of his games. She told me I didn't cheer correctly. Really? I, I don't really know what that means, Coach. What do you mean I don't that, cheer correctly? That means correctly? more encouragement. Yeah, more encouragement than, than shoot the ball better, and I'll encourage you. That's what I would say. You know what? To get in the gap, the kids just hit four in a row. Get in the gap and kick it to him because he's just hit four in a row type stuff. We are well, talking. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out what to do at the the games. At the you know, obviously it's a lower level. It's a rec game, so right. I just sit there. I don't say a word, and my wife. You know, she's animated, telling them to run down the floor or shoot the ball, and I'm just sitting in. I don't, I don't say a word. I mean, I might clap my hands a couple of times, but I just sit there. Well, you know, and then we ride home, and I don't say a whole lot. I listen to women. If it went really good, I'll listen to them. If it went really bad, I'll listen to women. So, and then I'll wait for them to open up the door for me to say what I need to say. Uh, so I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, I, I tell you, it's, it's interesting. You know, um, two things with that. Pastor That's good. Ken, Pastor Ken's wife, Kathy, who was a mom of some of the parent, uh, kids I was coaching, used to tape the games for me. And she sometimes would forget that the sound was, was on so I could hear <laughs> my pastor's wife or the mom of some of the kids I'm coaching who are not happy with some of the decisions that the coaching staff <laughs> was, was making. Once it goes on, once it goes yeah, on. Yeah, they, they Coach. Or, you need to put my son back in type thing. <laughs> and secondly, Coach, I have to tell you, my son Matthew played in a rec league, and in, in, it's called Wauwatosa here. And, and they, were, they were in a game, and it was near the end, and, and the deal was when the other team got the rebound, you couldn't press. So you had to go back and pick up at half court. He's a little guy at this point. And his team was up by one. The other team shot and missed. They got the rebound and handed him the ball. And he stood there and waited and waited. And the coach said, come on, go, go, go. And he shook his head. And the coach is looking at me. And I'm, and he goes, go, go, go. And 
he Matthew's watching the clock and he took a timeout and there was nine seconds to go. And the coach said, What are you doing? He said, Coach, just inbound the ball to me in the backcourt. They can't press, we win. And their coach burst sharp. out laughing, yeah. And he burst out laughing. He looked at me, and I said, don't look at me. I didn't know that. I didn't teach him that. <laughs> so I knew I had a little point guard, I thought, on my hands that, you know, he was uh, – I don't th- think he was so gifted athletically, but he was a pretty smart kid and, and uh, handled the ball pretty well. Hey, Coach, when you recruit uh, for the College of Charleston, how open are you – it's hard not to be open when I hear you talk about your faith and how important it is – in your life, when you get into the living room or the, the the kitchen of a kid that you want to come there, you're pretty open with with the kind of man that you are. Yeah, I want I want them to know, um, you know, because obviously, number one, they need to know who I am because they need to know who they're coming to play for, and I want them to know uh, that if they come play for me at the College of Charleston, that number one, I always tell them, number one, you got to understand. Uh, that I love the Lord. I'm nothing without God. I mean, I, I'm just empty. I'm an empty vessel. I don't, you know, I need I need God in order to be the man that he wants me to be. And, and without him, it's like a, it's like having a driving all the way to Wisconsin right now without a GPS. I can't get there. I mean, I need help. And so, you know, I want them to know that. And then I also want them to know that um, how important my family is to me, my wife and my kids. Um and how important it is that they came to play for me, that the the more than winning games, I want them to be a better person when they leave. And then I want to help them and show them, me and my staff, my assistant coaches, what it looked like to be a good father, what it looked like to be a good husband, so be a, be an example for them. And so I tell those guys, you know, I want them to know uh, what they're walking into because some kids come into it and they hadn't been exposed to it and they don't know, they, hadn't, they weren't raised in the church. And to be honest with you, um, I think if some kids, if they hadn't been raised in a church and nobody really introduced them uh, to God, letting them know that God is a spirit and how important your relationship with God is, sometimes it takes them a while to get adapted to it. And um, so I want them to know. And if they decide to come, then at least there won't be any surprises when they get there. And uh, But it's room for any young man, it's room to grow here uh, as a person. And that's more important to me than just trying to win a game because I think if you grow as a person and you have faith and, you know, you work hard every day and you're going to win on the court if you got enough talent. you got to have some talent. you got to have some talent. talent you yep. got to have some talent. But you can get talent that uh, and they're not good guys and then you still can lose because you're going to end up losing some of those kids with some of the decisions that might be made. So you got to get character. Um, and you, you, but you, you, I want the kids to know if they come, Hey, look, it's bigger than basketball. We, we want to win championships. I'm the most competitive person, you know, we're going to work hard, try to outwork everybody. We got on our schedule, but it's bigger than basketball. And I want, I want the kids and I want the families to know that. Hey, pastor doing research for the show. I'm reading the article where it, it talks about coach Crampian, uh, the, the coach of the year in the colonial Athletic Association that I read about some of his players. Uh, one was a first team uh, all conference. He was from Orlando, Florida. Second one was a double award winning, uh, guarding the spot. Uh, he was from Columbia, South Carolina. Second year in the road, junior guard selected all defensive team from Athens, Georgia. And I'm thinking, man, does, did they ever come north? 
And then all of a sudden, there it was, kid from Canton, Ohio. I'm feeling a little better. <laughs> they got a kid from Canton, Ohio who was a, uh, an award winner and the recipient of the, uh, the Dean Ellers uh, Leadership Award for his work in the classroom. Coach, we, we think you need to come up this way a little more to recruit. So you you you, uh, you let me know what I can do as a high school coach in this market with the kind of kid that you're looking for. And if there's somebody that fits this from from the state of Wisconsin, we we play some pretty good ball up here. Yeah, I know it. And I know it. I've, I've been following the state, and uh, I know there's a lot of good teams, a lot of good programs. And, and so I would love to try to recruit up there. You know, if if if, if uh, Wisconsin and UW, Milwaukee, and Green Bay will let anybody get out of there, I'll be willing to come uh, try to recruit some guys. That'd be awesome. You uh, When you look, if you go to uh, wissports.net, uh, the team that I'm coaching, we have four of the top 50 sophomores in the state. So we got a chance. We 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 started four sophomores last year, went 23 and four, lost in the sectional finals, one game away from going to state. For the first time, coach, this, that team played like it was a bunch of sophomores. All of a sudden, wow. we're in a, we're in a gym that was that was sold out against a senior laden team and. And uh, and they took it to us pretty good. They were bigger, stronger, had played in big games before. Our kids, they looked little. They started fighting, started yelling at each other a little bit, stopped trusting each other. And all of a sudden, you know, when you've got somebody who gets in the gap and kicks to a wide-open guy, and that guy's now missed three in a row, and all of a sudden he stops coming that way and looks him off a couple times and something that you know some of our guys never done all year but all of a sudden in the game that size they they started doing some things that you know I, I think when they watch the tape they're like what was I thinking well that that's what happens when you're a sophomore now you become right. a junior you've been through it guys we got to get to a break we got a really short fourth segment but we'll do that he is Earl Grant the head men's basketball coach College of Charleston if you get a chance, go on that website. If you're a parent of a really quality student athlete that's a basketball player here in the city of Milwaukee, I would highly recommend check out this campus and go to the College of Charleston website and then read up on Earl Grant. And uh, he is a coach that I would want my son to play for, and, and uh, that's saying a lot, I think. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGiver alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, he's the head men's basketball coach at the College of Charleston. In Charleston, South Carolina, he is Earl Grant. Uh, Pastor? I love to ask the question, Coach, uh, in your coaching whether it was assistant or what, what game do you remember that you think, wow, that was so exciting? Um, you, you as had, an assistant or head coach, yeah, assistant or head coach. Can you? Um, I probably would say that uh, maybe number one would be, and um, we played when I was at Winthrop University. We played Notre Dame in the first 
first round of the NCAA tournament and uh, out in Spokane, Washington. Wow, and, that was uh, a trip. We, we, we won, yeah, we won that game. So we advanced and played Oregon in the second round. So I would say it was just beating Notre Dame uh, for a small mid-major at the time to beat Notre Dame, who was top 25 and had really good players. I thought that was a that was a huge, huge win and very mm-hmm. exciting. Um, and then I would say this past season, uh, to be honest with you, number two, we were we were picked. We were number two in the conference at the time, and UNC Wilmington uh, were number one at the time. And we played at their place, uh, sellout crowd, you know, sixty-two hundred fans, and and we win the game by one oh, late in the game, man. and so uh, we were tied for first. And so that was a huge win, um, especially for a program that's been trying to build and and get to the top of the hill. Uh, I think that was a, another big one. Hey, Coach, I, I read that uh, you signed an extension, I believe, and, and congratulations on that. Um, College of Charleston is is uh, certainly uh, is rewarding you for the great job you've done with that program. Future of the program looks bright. You got some guys coming back? Yeah, uh, we got we got a really good group returning. Um, you know, we got all of our starters back from last year. Uh, a lot of the support cast guys, you know, who came off the bench and made big contributions last year. Those guys are returning. And then we got a few new recruits coming in, um, as well as a couple of red shirt freshmen, guys who were on the team last year, who were on the roster, who practice every day, but never got in the game. So um, we got four new players and we return all our starters. And so, you know, I'm, I'm excited and I'm looking forward to us trying to continue to build on what we've done thus far. Coach, uh, you guys get you out there and want to see if they can outshoot you with on the three-point line or anything? Yeah, all the time. All the time <laughs> you know. So, you know, for me, you know, I'm, 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 I guess I would be considered a young coach. You know, I'm, I'm always out there coaching them and trying to teach them different things. And every now and again, I just jump up and shoot a three. And just So one of my players, Jarrell Brantley, he always have a side joke on the side. He's counting my makes and misses. So, all right, coach, you want, coach, you want for two. You want for two right now. You want for two right now. And so every now and again, when I'll be teaching something and I have an opportunity to shoot a shot, I'll, I'll catch it and look at the rim and shot fake, but I wouldn't take it. And I say, see, I'm smart. That's good shot selection. I'm one for two. I want to stay at 50%. <laughs> yeah. Trying to tell them, hey, look, don't take bad shots. But, uh, but no, every now and again, we'll joke around and shoot it a little bit. Yeah. We had Mark Jackson on when he was out coaching at Golden State, and I asked him, I said, yeah, I've been wanting to ask you this. Can you beat Steph Curry at horse? He goes, absolutely. In my mind, I can beat Steph Curry, so why do I need to go out and do anything? In my mind, I can beat him. And I'm never going to have to play. I won't do it. He keeps asking, and I, and I will not do it. Hey, Coach, I can't thank you enough for your time. And, and Laval Jordan, again, who is a big fan of yours, and I want to thank him. He is now the head coach at Butler, and he highly recommended that I that we call you, and we certainly understand why. Um, have a good summer. Enjoy those your your wife and sons, because man, November, October for you comes comes uh, pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. Once we get to that point, is it's, it's coming downhill. The ball is rolling downhill. Yep. So it's been great to have time with the family and, and our players here this summer, and so definitely try to continue to have that balance as we finish up the summer. That's awesome. Again, he is the head basketball, head men's basketball coach at the College of Charleston. He is Earl Grant. I uh, really appreciate your time. 
uh, Coach. In fact, we're at the studio where we're at, where I work every day. Um, there is a, a guy named Leroy Butler. Do you remember? Does that name ring a bell to you at all? He played Roy for the, Butler. Uh, Leroy Butler. Played for the Packers. Yeah. Played yeah. for the yeah. Packers, but went to Florida State. And uh-huh. uh, he's always interested to know who we have on Faith in the Zone. He walked by and he's uh, smiling, waiting for us to get out so we can tell him about Earl Grant, the uh, the coach, uh, the college Charleston. So, Coach, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Pastor Ken, it's always thank, good to yeah. see you. Yeah, thank you, Coach, too. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, thank, guys. Thank, I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.